If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate, and joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Mr. Ben Arrington. And today we have a guest with us, um, a certain Monsieur... Uh, do you want to tell your name? Or... Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Um, Jay Slayton Jocelyn. It's good because um, I've never... I think I said your surname out loud once last week, and I think I'm mush mouthed it so i'm glad that you were able to yeah no it's, uh, yeah, i imagine you changed the whole intro just to avoid that british awkwardness <laughs> exactly yeah uh so jay uh has just had a um a tasty little book out uh, a horror horror movie related book so he thought it'd be good to get him on the show do you want to tell us a bit about the book jay yeah uh funnily enough i happen to have a copy just nearby um, i don't know how that got there that's lucky uh, yeah, it's called uh, Sequel Land, A Story of Dreams and Screams, and it's essays about creating and interviews with directors who have pretty much only done direct-to-DVD horror sequels. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of cool that one of the people we get to discuss today is in it, albeit very briefly. And yeah, it's about four years' worth of work or over a space of four years condensed, and now it's out there in the world, and people seem to be responding well to it, which is really nice. It's a it's a very cool book. I read it, and um, yeah, I read it, <laughs> and it was uh, yeah. I I found it a lot more. You think like uh, it's just going to be like um, a standard essay interview, but but there was more to it. There is a nice framing device to it, which I got a lot out of. So I'd recommend everyone to go and uh, check it out. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, Ben, have we got any horror news for today? Um, so I spotted a couple of things. One thing that you tweeted out, actually. What? Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, so apparently there's a new film adaptation of Clive Barker's Books of Blood coming to Hulu this Halloween season. Now, when you tweeted it, you kind of seemed quite shocked by 
the information as if you hadn't heard a whiff of it. Uh, I think I'd, I think I'd, I think there was I think I'd heard a whiff. I think I'd smell oh, yeah. smell the whiff. What's that a there? While back. What's that on the wind? It's a whiff <laughs> I hear. Uh, but I uh, I think I didn't expect it to be so soon, and it's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a TV show, but it's a film. Yeah, that sounds so like it's going to have three three of the stories. Yeah, a feature film anthology arriving in October, and part of Hulu's Huluween celebration. Uh, which sounds just 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 sounds wonderful. Just sounds too good to be true. Um, so written by Brandon Braga and Adam Simon, uh, based on a short story by Barker, with uh, contributing original material. Books of Blood takes a journey into uncharted and forbidden territory through free tales tangled in space and time. So I hope that's, uh, I hope it's not just the wraparound, with you know the the, the guy with the stories tattooed on, or like mm. engraved into his skin. Yeah. Hope it has actually got some of the stories that we haven't had ad- adaptations for already. Although I'd like to see a really good Rawhead Rex, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane is apparently on board to executive produce, which is a bit out, which is a bit <laughs> random. But I mean, um, Doc- I think it's because Brandon Braga did the Orville, which is that sort of oh, yeah. space yeah. Star Trekky type thing, which I've not seen. Yeah, um, so obviously that's why he's on board for that. But yeah. Could be, could be, could be fun. Jay, are you a uh, Clive Barker fan? Um, do you know what? I've actually never read any of his stuff. The, I guess the only thing I know him for is directing Hellraiser. I know it's probably a bit sacrilegious to say in front of you guys, but I've always meant to. But I'm not sure. It just always seems a bit difficult to get a hold of a copy. But mm. he seems um, a really interesting guy, so I do need to go through it. Yeah. Luke has been kind of predicting a Clive Barker resurgence yeah. for probably about two years. And, you know, I reckon he's onto something because I can see it happen. Obviously, Hellraiser is coming to, was it HBO? Hellraiser is coming to? Hulu. TV show. Was it Hulu as well? Maybe Hulu. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Maybe that's, that's what you thought you said. Because I know I they've been like yeah. clawing onto the Hellraiser rights for a while, haven't they? Like making director DVD films and just clawing onto them. Um, not even getting like Doug Bradley anymore. Yeah. Um, what, there was so... a, there was one released a couple of years ago, which was which I didn't watch, but I heard was total total. Well, there's, there's the Candyman reboot, which is looking yeah. tasty oh, so yeah. far. Um, there's the Hellraiser, not just a sequel for sequel's sake, but it looks like it's going to be a a better. Uh, there's going to be effort put into it, and then there's this. As Clive Buck has got a new book coming out next next couple of years, maybe I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I know he's got a book <laughs> next <laughs> Sunday. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Um, yeah. So it feels What's like it? there's um, a bit of resurgence. I mean, he's he's been ill for the past few years, I think. So oh, it would be nice yeah. to have him. Oh, back. It, I felt, I mean, there was a photo of him at a signing, wasn't there, where he looked quite didn't look well. So. It, well he's, he's a lot older than I think people think. He, like, he was like thirty five, forty when he wrote mm. the books of blood and they, that came out and he looks like about 20 in those yeah in, in that period but i mean i think he's he's done a you know it's like carl perkinson talks about talks about asian people like they age like pears i think clive barker has aged like a pear like he's gone very he aged, he's aged a lot in such a short space of time um but i love the guy i do what a great guy uh okay 
some other news, a couple of, couple of headlines now regarding apparent new Evil Dead movie. Don't know if you heard much Ooh. about this. Apparently yeah. it has got a title now, so it's going to be called Evil Dead Rise. No, is, nah. I've changed it. Or is it changing oh, wait, no. from that to something else? I, f- I think it was, I think originally it was Evil Dead Now. Uh, okay, yeah. And then somehow it got changed to Evil Dead Rise. So... Bruce Campbell says the official name is Evil Dead Rise. We're getting a new draft in. I don't think anything will happen to 2021. Um, a whole new ball, a whole new ball game. No more cabin in the woods. And then there's another headline, which is a rumor, which says Evil Dead Rise will take place in a skyscraper. Ah, oh, like a high rise. <laughs> wow. Wow. Is this um like um like Evil Dead Four, or is this a sequel to the reboot, or? I think think it's Evil Dead 4, I believe. Because Bruce Campbell was so adamant he'd never do it again, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. Is this just going to be Evil Dead's version of Gremlins 2, where they just go, right, let's just take all the action to a high rise and see what can happen. Loads of crazy stuff. Uh, I can imagine it'll work. (laughs) Yeah, so that could could be pretty interesting. Apart from that, news is pretty thin on the ground here. Although I did read up about... Jason uh, Blum from Blumhouse has said there's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie which is moving forward rapidly. Anybody played that game? Anybody would like to see a movie? Uh, I played the first one. I think it was just like a a really base. How is there more than one game? Is it are there different mechanics? Have you played them, Jay? I haven't. I've seen Let's Plays. I think they're pretty. They're pretty much all the same mechanic. Most of them. Okay. With a few minor differences, and they kind of established this whole story in it. But you know, I guess they'll just make a movie out of it because people will see it. Um, it's quite a cool story. Yeah, the director linked to uh, take up the direct to, to to be the director is Christopher Columbus of Home Alone. Wow, what the guy this who is... directed Home Alone, the first one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Thirty years later, he's like, "Yeah, why not make a want to make a horror movie?" <laughs> yeah. There we go. So I think there's a script and moving forward, obviously Blumhouse just are churning out so many different projects. Yeah, that, I don't know. They don't. It doesn't feel so special anymore now that we hear about a new one, does it? Yeah, but I think they've always been churning them out. Didn't we, didn't we read that they'd got like a hundred and fourteen yeah. films or something? But most of them just under that... the radar. Yeah. Very strange. Okay, there we go. That's pretty much all I've got for horror news. Unless anyone else has seen <laughs> anything this week, it's been it's been pretty thin on the ground, to be fair. Um, no, nothing. What have you guys been um, watching or, or reading or uh, um, consuming? I read. I've been going on this about this a lot recently. I've just finished a non-fiction book, Masters of Doom. Uh, okay, I did hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so it's kind of about id Software, the company that made the original Doom and stuff, and kind of rising in um that kind of computer age starting. And uh, for some reason, it was so well written, it was kind of really thrilling. You've ever seen like Halt and Catch Fire or Mad Men or something like that? It's one of those kind of tension agency things about how and and just kind of provides a lot of context, like how Microsoft was struggling and Bill Gates appeared in this that's now emerged online where he's like edited into a Doom game and kills a zombie of a shotgun. So that's that's been the thing that I've been enjoying the most. And other than that, just watching Succession. Uh, okay, yeah, the Peep Show guys. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. that was pretty much why I watched it. Yeah. But that's it. Nothing scary. 
That sounds good. What about you, Ben? Uh, so I've mostly been filling my time with The Last of Us 2, part 2. I've already uh, seen is... two spoilers on the homepage of YouTube. Just, just oh, there. Jesus. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been posting, I've been posting like a few screenshots here and there, but I've tried to keep them as vague as possible so that they don't lean into plot, the plot, whole, uh, plot points or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's much, much longer than I expected. There's been a couple of times where I kind of feel like maybe it starts, it's going to wind down, and then it just doesn't. So, a much, much bigger game than the first one. Um, but yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people complaining about the story and. I don't know what else it could be, really. It's the same level of... It's the same bleak nature as it as the first uh, instalment. And it's just more of the same, really. If you enjoy the mechanics of, of the first game and you enjoy the story and just the way everything progresses um, and, the hu- and the human characters as well, then it's great. I love it. And I'm glad I've still got a lot of it to play. So, very exciting. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people complaining about it. I'm not too sure why. Uh, no. Is it is it mainly story based? Do you think? I think it's mainly story based. Yeah, What's but it? it's one of those it's one of those massive production games where like they've got to do something that's going to be, you know, I guess controversial or going to be a talking point. And yeah. can we not get specific, please? We're not going to get specific. <laughs> okay, not good, at good. All. I just wanted to double check. Um, I was nervous. No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to you guys. Uh, but yeah, definitely recommend it. If you like the first game, definitely, definitely pick this up because <laughs> the first game I probably played about five or six times, and you know I feel like this is going to have replay value even more so, just because of the because of the size of it, and everything looks everything looks amazing as well. You know, there's the, the photo mode in in the game where you just stop for four or five minutes each time taking photos, rolling of, through the poses, <laughs> yeah, all through the poses. Uh, yeah, Filters. it's good. I won't say. I won't. I won't say anything else. I won't say anything else. I mean, I'm definitely going to play it. I'm just. Um, it's just a bit expensive. I can't really do the full price launch game price. And it's basically just on that Itchio bundle. I've got like fifteen hundred games. <laughs> if if I don't at least do four more of those, I'll feel like uh, uh, not very frugal yeah. if I just go and spend money on a no. new game. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I watched. Um, I've been carrying on with my Sion Sono, uh, watching Watchathon, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And I, on Netflix is a it's a film and a TV show called Forest of Love. Um, so Sion Sono, he's the <laughs> the bad. He's the, sort of the modern day Takashi Miike, I guess. Um, the bad boy of Japanese cinema. And Forest of Love is. Um, the the film's two and a half hours long. The TV show is about eight hours. Um, I kind of feel like you could probably just get everything you need to from the from the film, but it's it's there's a lot to it, and it gets incredibly gruesome. Um, it's basically about a guy. I'm supposed to explain it. So it's about a young crew of wannabe filmmakers who want to make a film about this guy who they think is a serial killer. He's this guy who. Is extremely charming. Um, uh, he's able to sort of make people do whatever he, whatever he wants them to do, um, and he makes them do crazier and crazier stuff. Uh, I won't spoil or go into it any more than that. But it's um, yeah, it's definitely worth watching. But like I said, it's it's pretty insane. It's pretty pretty insane. That sounds interesting. interesting. 
That was interesting, yeah. <clears throat> um, anything else, Jay? Have you watched anything else this week? Or is that kind of um, no, that's kind of been it. Other than that, I've been rewatched the Dark Knight trilogy, of course, just to. I'm really kind of struggling to engage with new things at the moment, I think, mm. just kind of like lockdown anxiety or something. I don't know. It's, I just either need to play games or, yeah, just rewatch things to unwind. So I'm really <laughs> struggling to get new stuff in. Yeah, I think I agree. I've been watching a lot of things that are kind of like comfort food versions yeah. of films. So <clears throat> I watched both the original Ghostbusters movies just because, you know, it was always a good time to watch those films. And uh, I realize it's been a number of years since I've since I've actually sat down and watched them. So very enjoyable. And I also watched The Lost Boys because Joel Schumacher passed away this week, didn't he? Oh, and yeah. I, and, yeah. And I just realized that I haven't seen The Lost Boys in a long, long time. Um, and it's like the epitome of an eighties movie, isn't it? It's just a, it's just a good time. It's got everyone, like everyone's in it. All the Corys, <laughs> uh, the Feldman, the Habe, Kiefer Sutherland, um, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just a good film. And one thing I noticed, right? And I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, but if you remember when the Twilight movies came out, one of the things that was really, really disagreed upon by the horror community was, of course, the fact that Edward Cullen glittered when he was in the sunlight. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but there's a certain scene in The Lost Boys where they're asleep and they get attacked by uh, Corey Feldman and, you know, uh, and his other sidekick dude. And they get covered in this, like, sort of gooey stuff, which I think is some sort of secretion from the vampires, or at least the secretion from where the vampires are. And when they actually leave the cave, they're glittery. And I don't know if you guys knew what that was supposed to be. <laughs> I barely remember the film, to be honest. I don't think I've seen it, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. I don't know what you're talking about at all. It's <laughs> basically, for, basically, what the point I'm trying to make is for everybody who says vampires don't glitter, I want to just call back to the Lost Boys and say, look, they obviously did, even in 1987. So uh, yeah. get off Twilight's back, were you? Luke warned me to spend a few hours defending the Twilight movies on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, my daughter, my daughter who's ten, has just been engaging with the with the Twilight films for the first time, and I've not really been watching them or enjoying them at all. But they're not that old, but they have aged terribly. Yeah. Everything just looks awful, and everything is so so cheesy and not in a good way. Yeah, yeah. At least Robert Pattinson's like redeeming himself a lot with all the films he chooses. Oh yeah, now. it's strange because I think Robert Pattinson and uh, Kristen Stewart are probably two act two actors. That if I see them in anything, I'm willing to watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost like they're a selling point for a movie now. So. Who else is from the Twilight series? Is there any other actors of note? Um, I think oh, Taylor Lautner, I guess. Oh yeah, of course, oh, but he's kind of gone yeah. down. Yeah, I think that's maybe as famous <laughs> as they get, really. Um, what's oh god, what, what's her name? The the redhead from Jurassic World. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't, know, I don't know why I forgot that. She turns up in one of the later sequels as like a recast character or something. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, and Anna Kendrick is also in it. Mm. To the point where I was like, oh. Oh, wait, and, and, Mike, and, and Michael Sheen. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I didn't think I'd be talking about Twilight on this podcast, but there we go. <laughs> I think of Some people love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and other than that, obviously the, the Pet Cemetery movies. Um which we're going to talk about today. Yeah. 
so I guess we'll start. I guess we'll start with number one, as is the probably the the correct way to go. Um, have you got any details about Pet Cemetery One? Ben? Uh, yeah. So Pet Cemetery is a 1989 American supernatural horror film and the first adaptation of Stephen King's 1983 novel of the same name, directed by Mary Lambert and written by Stephen King. Uh, it stars Dale Midkiff, Denise Crosby, Blaze Burdell, um, and Miko Hughes as Gage Creed. And um, quick synopsis, after tragedy strikes, a grieving father discovers an ancient burial ground behind his home with the power to raise the dead. Cool. Uh, so it's got 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. <clears throat> on letterbox. I kind of thought it might have a, a, a bit of a higher score, generally. On Rotten Tomatoes, anyway, 51% seems a little uh, mean, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, Jay, you, you kind of, you interviewed the director. Um, yeah. How did that work? I mean, I know it's a short short part of the book, but... Um, yeah, it's like a blink and you'll miss it. Um, she was originally... So, I was speaking to one of the other people, the person who did... Uh, Carrie too, uh, Kat Shear. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I know Mary if um, you want to interview her. So I sent her this long list of, she was like, yep, sure. And uh, sent her this long list of questions. And then when she just responded with one answer, and then I asked for clarification, like on the rest, she just said, nope, that's it. Enjoy. And huh. yeah, so <laughs> I was like, there oh. you go. and then, um, so when I like sent it into my editors and stuff, they were like, Oh, is the file corrupted? Is there more of this? And I was like, no, but at least we can say we got her. Yeah. Tricked the people. But yeah, so um, honestly, all of the interviews, most of them were just firing random emails and tweets at people. But she kind of really just, I don't know, I think it's odd that you'd kind of take part but not do it that much. Maybe she was busy. Maybe she finished that first one. How many questions are you sending to people? Maybe like just only like 10 to begin with, unless they're she real talkers. first one and she was yeah. like, Jesus. But nine months ago. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> she was just about to go to bed as well, and she was like, "Which uh, which question did she answer?" She said, "I'm uh, never doing a number two again after Pet yeah. Cemetery 2. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> tried to get her one. really involved in the third one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just basically asked her like what she like what she thought about sequels, and so she kind of disregarded every question about her own films. So maybe she's going to listen today and then regret that decision. <laughs> yeah, uh, regular listener. Yeah. Mary Lambert, there we answer questions from now on. Well, yeah. Um, so, I mean, Pesimetry 1, so what can we say about Pesimetry 1 about the tone? I mean, it's... Um, I, I think we all probably grew up... I remember watching it, both of them, really young. Um, and both of them left some sort of impression on me. Do you, do you remember the first time you watched it? Um, I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I remember just coming away from it just remembering the creepy kid and that was pretty much it i think um i think when i saw it i didn't know it was a stephen king book until i became a stephen king fan like in my teens um and i don't think i'd seen the sequel before like last week <laughs> i like i'd i'd heard of the sequel but for some reason just always managed to manage to avoid it somehow because i had absolutely <laughs> no idea that edward furlong was in it and obviously yeah. the great clancy brown as well so when I started watching it, I was very, very uh, excited. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how old I was when I watched it. And the only way I can try and guess is I was old enough that I wasn't like scared by it, but I was young enough that by mistake, the title's still how I spell cemetery sometimes. Yeah. 
true. I um, I, th- I don't. I just remember being quite freaked out by the second one. Uh, I think it came on like a family gathering. I, I grew up around a lot of motorbikes, and my dad used to race motocross bikes and stuff. And there's something about that scene with a kid in his face that I, I never really forgot. It's always kind of stuck with me. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think the first one is. Uh, I mean, we're probably not going to go too much into the plot of it because we've done. We did Pet Cemetery the remake fairly recently, um, and Ben, how did we score that remake? I can't really remember. I think I, uh, I think I even we, watched it for that episode as well. Okay. Well, how did we score the yeah. remake? Did you mean? Were we Pretty, happy with it? We weren't. We weren't very happy with it, no. And I think the the reception to it was also pretty negative i think looking back on some of the some of the tweets i did about it as well it does seem i wasn't best pleased <laughs> did you did you did you did you see it jay um no i kind of meant to because it was i tell about you guys but i saw it marketed a lot like on bus posters and stuff like that but and it's kind of i guess maybe riding that stephen king wave but no i never got around to it and then a few people who i did said it wasn't great and then i was kind of wasn't in a rush the, yeah. the, I think the marketing was really good and the trailer was great as well. Like the trailer was really, really effective. Um, but yeah, it just kind of didn't deliver on on anything I wanted it to. And there's like a finale as well, which kind of just takes it in a in a really what I felt was a ridiculous direction anyway. For for a film which feels like it's got a solid enough plot, they kind of took one of the key elements yeah. and they just they reversed the fact that the undead child was was the older girl in in the in the remake instead of the younger boy. Oh, that was kind of it, and it, it kind of felt like okay, well, we kind of we've already seen this done, you know, scary girl of about ten. But yeah, <laughs> do you remember much about it, Luke? Or not? Do you, do you remember much about it, Luke? And I mean, really? um, I remember being a bit angry I, because I. I don't think you can make that plot change without um, kind of unspooling the rest of the, the thematic, sort of deeper themes of the film. Um, mm. Especially because, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I remember, I remember just being a bit sort of disappointed with that. But I remember there was some, there were some cool scares. Skip, who came to see the film with us, but I uh, jumped out of his pants when <laughs> there's the woman who falls <laughs> down the, falls down the uh, dumbwaiter thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it had some moments. Well, that's the that's the thing as well. Like, there's a really key, scary, creepy element of this film is the sister who's dying from uh, uh, meningitis. Is it meningitis? Something like that. Spinal meningitis, I believe. That's mm. like a key, scary part of it. And in the in in, in the remake, they kind of just you know, it felt. It felt very paint by numbers in terms of the scares it was going for. Right, okay. So here, this is my tweet about the remake. It just says, a bang average modern horror remake. Film tries to be clever by changing key plot points, but ends up so far off the mark, it's infuriating. That was it. That was all I said. Because yeah. I was quite surprised when Luke read the um, Rotten Tomatoes stuff, because I think the first one's not too shabby at all. Like, I think it holds up quite well especially considering it's the same person who did the second one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 51%. Yeah, it should be higher than that. I mean, there's there's some cheesier elements. It ha- also has that kind of like Hallmark TV um, washed out dream look that a lot of films 
seem to go around get seem to have at that point in time um but it's it's good it's scary it's got tons of great moments the judd character is great the kid um who comes back to life is pretty epic i think it's like because the way he can kind of cut he's like what i don't i don't know children 10 is he how old is he (laughs) he's between (laughs) two and ten i think and he um he's, he's able to sort of um jump between like a genuine kid moment like when he's being put down and he starts he just says like ouch or something like that like it's really genuine uh, and also he sort of be scary when he's biting the throat attitude um it's i don't know it's proper knocked over yeah yeah it's properly knocked over at one point and i was like god is he all right and <laughs> like gets, gets slung against the door doesn't he smashes his head he's like Ooh. yeah yeah he's great and uh I had to see. You ever do that when there's like a kid in a movie and you go, what do they look like now? What do they look like now? What does it and, look like uh, now? Yeah, completely different. So that's <laughs> the same. He's exactly got a little scalpel on his bigger. hand as well all the time. Yeah. Exactly the same, but bigger. Yeah, head <laughs> twice the size. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie like really does include the the jogger who dies, that Victor guy who like is half his brain hanging out. Um, he's obviously really key to the movie, key to both characters. Uh, L- is it Lewis and Rachel, the Creed Creeds? Sounds about right. So yeah. They, yeah. Yes, he's he's seen by them in different places and at different times. Although I feel like Rachel doesn't quite see him. He's almost like a guidance she can smell him figure. Can she can smell sniff him. him yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Someone stinks. Someone's yeah. wearing Lynx Africa. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's weird because I mean in the book there's like little moments um, Stephen King's his sort of best talent is uh, introducing like uncanny moments that are kind of really quite subtle but sort of terrifying the more you think about them there's the bit um, where uh, Lewis has a dream about walking into the pet cemetery with the cyclist um, and then he wakes up and his feet are dirty in the book that's really subtle um, but in the film, like he's his feet are like yeah. caked in mud, and it just has doesn't seem to pull off the same sort of effect. Like it almost seems like stupid. <laughs> like he's been doing cartwheels outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty mad that this that this like ancient burial site is there because it's absolutely massive, isn't it? And it's kind of just like oh, just just climb over there a bit and then walk for like. Ten yeah. years. It's basically like it's basically like a uh, Fellowship of the Ring to get there. It just, yeah. <laughs> it just seems to take so long. And also, it doesn't oh, like anyone stop. There's no one like stop these kids walking around carrying their dead pets all the time. You just think, kind of, if I saw a little boy holding his dog down the road, I'd be a bit panicked. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, who's there? Who's there to police that though? Is it Judd's job? Judd's job. Uh... <laughs> just jobby. <laughs> Judd's job. Is it your job, Judd? You're not doing a very good job because there's undead animals running around this whole neighbourhood. And he's like, oh, I'm only one man. I've got to have a nap. Judd Judy. He, um, he's, he's a good character. <laughs> oh, I love his accent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Clancy Brown does a good job of trying to do a similar yeah. thing in the sequel. I mean, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't even know how to do an impression of it. Like, it's too no. far removed from normal human beings speak. <laughs> and when I saw the casting of the remake that you guys covered, I thought the actor who played him was, like, quite a good replacement, considering. Yeah. Um, on Lithgow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that was quite good casting, but I don't know how it worked the ori- out. The, 
the original guy is Herman Munster, isn't he? Maybe I remember it like a it's not an old person's name. <laughs> not many young Hermans about these days. Herman Munster from uh, the Munsters. So the guy who plays Judd in the original, Fred Gwynn, is Herman Munster from the Munsters. You know, yeah. like the guy who looks like the guy who looks like Frankenstein. Yeah, um, he's. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he has the face. Yeah. for it. That's definitely big. <laughs> he's uh, Lithgow yeah. went with a much more round round-headed approach to his role, yeah. to his life, I think. Uh, but he makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, I guess, so we're not going to go to too much of the plot, but we, we sort of know how it ends, right? So uh, the kid comes back to life, um, kills... Can we talk about how the kid dies as well, just for a second? It's still so brutal, it's still brutal. That. It's proper brutal how the kid dies, but at the same time, funeral is a shit show. Like I was literally the whole time of the funeral, I was like, "Oh my god, Jesus there's, Christ!" There's no you got the dad basically <laughs> belittling Lewis for letting the little boy die. They knocked the they knocked the coffin off of its table, <laughs> and a, and you see the little little a little baby hand like move. It's mm. brutal. How did he? That kid, how did he get so close to the road without anyone noticing? Just Why are they having it. a picnic like two yeah. steps away from the, um, from the road? Yeah, it's a big garden yeah. as well. He could have just played in the back garden and stayed there rather than running next to the motorway. Yeah, just put up a fence. Lessons learned. Lessons learned, I yeah. suppose. I reckon um, if they, they should have just not let him use the pet cemetery and go, no, this is for actual people who deserve it you're obviously just neglectful yeah and neglectful, it wouldn't have been a good yeah. horror film but i think it would have been a good lesson yeah there's uh, there's a lot of times in films <laughs> when it's like maybe it's two people who just really never get on and i kind of feel like if they just said sorry to each other they'd be fine but then yeah. i kind of feel like oh but there wouldn't be a film <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah um yeah so it ends with um uh gage come back to life he kills judd he's he start he works quite heavily on the the ankle He's like a like a wrestler. Like he knows this, this is an old guy. He's gonna if he focuses on the ankle for a bit, he's gonna um, he's gonna crumble. And then he goes straight for the jugular, the jugular. Jugular. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Even need oh, yeah, right and, then, and then he annihilates the mother. Um, yeah. So right? how did he hang her? She gets like hung from the rafters in the. Because he's the not attic, like. Right? Uh, He's not just the reincarnation. He's not um, Gage coming back to life, is he? He's a, a, like an evil presence that's sort of in that body, right? So maybe he's able to, you know, power up or something, get some supernatural strength. Because <laughs> he doesn't seem that strong. Because as I said, he gets dis- he gets discarded at one point, just gets booted and hits the wall. He's got that Chucky so strength got... where like, he's only, he can be really strong for some reason in certain instances, but you can boot him across the field. <laughs> <laughs> like an ant who can lift like however many times it's times his body weight, but you know, yeah, crush it if it needs to. Yeah. Um Well yes, and uh, so uh, and then the, the dad gets back <clears throat> and this is why I feel like the remake kind of lost the lost the plot literally. Because the dad gets back, he's he has to put Gage down again like um it gives him some uh, dead juice, dead making juice, whatever you call that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he and the kids cry. And he puts them back to sleep. Um, and then he yeah, doesn't learn his lesson. Brutal, the whole thing is that he never learns the lesson, and he brings back his wife. And then she comes back. Um, uh, and then we don't know what happens. But that's kind of like. I like that as an ending, as as like that the open ending where like, okay, what's going to happen next? Oh wow, it's still going on. The film hasn't essentially ended, but what the remake does is it goes right, and we're going to carry that on to the, to a ridiculous notion that everyone in this family is essentially going to be undead. Um, yeah, so there we go. So, Take away the mystery. Um, I mean, we normally rate the films, Jay. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of know what kind of rating I would give Pet Cemetery One. Do you have a uh, do you do pluses and minuses as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go um, maybe B not minus. I think mm. yeah, it's far from perfect, but it's different. And when it's good at things, it's especially good. Yeah. That's the critic review. <laughs> it's good at doing the things it does well, but not so much the things it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Yeah, yeah, I think I'd go for something similar to that. I might go for a... Uh, straight down the middle B, um, because I think with the hindsight of having seen the remake as well, like it really does make me appreciate what this film does right. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's great. I like it. Um, it's it's an iconic film. I think it's got a lot of iconic moments. Mm. Um, a lot of moments where you kind of uh, the Stephen King, the translation from the the story, the Stephen King story onto the into the film is great. So yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I was going to give a B minus as well. Um, it's, it, I mean, it is a great film. It is kind of dated in some ways. Um, it's not perfect, but it is a great, a great Friday night movie, I think. Um, and then following on from that, uh, Pet Cemetery Two, which came out four years later. Have you got some info on that one, Ben? Uh, yes, I do. So, Pet Cemetery Two is a 1992. American horror film directed by Mary Lambert. Again, uh, screenplay was written by Richard Outen, and it's a sequel to the film Pet Cemetery, which is based on Stephen King's novel. Uh, film stars Edward Furlong, Anthony Edwards, Clancy Brown, and a teenage boy and his father moved to his recently deceased mother's hometown, where they encountered a Native American cemetery with the power to raise the dead. Confusing because on Wikipedia, it's Pet Cemetery Two T W O. On IMDb is Pet Cemetery II, and on Letterboxd is Pet Cemetery l- Number Two. We need some consistency, guys, <laughs> across the board. That's playing havoc. Oh, wait, I mean, the scores aren't kind on this one. Twenty-two um, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, two point four on Letterboxd. It's, um, <laughs> I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a good movie here, with some like thoughtful editing. And way better music. I think I messaged both of you instantly. It was like, <laughs> this film would be good if they didn't. There's like, every time there's a scary thing happening, you know, in like a game that would have like a secret agent level, and it goes dun 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 dun. Yeah. It plays that, that music. I mean, this isn't <laughs> horror movie music. What the fuck is this? I just couldn't start, I just couldn't get around the music. Um, there's some really weird, there's some really weird songs as well, aren't there? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't identify the artists like at any point. Very nineties, yeah, some really odd sort of rock. Yeah, grunge. Yeah, I feel very yeah. grungy. Um, I really couldn't believe it was kind of the same person who made the first one, and how like the quality difference between them. 
Um, well, I guess as well, maybe it shows because I think the first one they advertised as Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, and then this one, they, Stephen King said, "You can't use my name on it." Yeah. So maybe he kind of realised that it wasn't <laughs> up to par. Um, Lawnmower Man. I think this he tried to get his name off for that as well, but I think they still advertise that as a Stephen King, even though that's completely nothing Zero like the short story. Same as <laughs> the short story, yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. maybe the first film was like Mary Lambert's adaptation of the story and she was kinda of held back away in a way by, you know, needing to be needed to make it as close to the book as she could. And with this one she's gone, I'll take the basic premise and I'll make it exactly the kind of film I want to make, all right? Yeah. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if anyone can get her to respond to some questions about why, let me know, because <laughs> I've tried. Um, I, I mean, it kind of, it, in a way, it kind of feels like the first one is um, like a much more metered, paced, uh, well-paced sort of film. And this one, they were like, sequels have to be kind of crazier. and uh, it has- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. To sort of be a little, um, not funkier, but, uh, uh, you know, a little wilder. Um, Gremlins compared to Gremlins 2. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it works. I just... Apart, no. There's a few elements that work really well, but for the most part, it's it's got some very dumb moments. Yeah, I think you're spot on when you say it could have been a good film, and but to me that makes it more frustrating that it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I think uh, Clancy was really great in it, kind of carried it a lot. Um, something that also bothered me while watching it, I felt like they kind of disregarded how the zombie zombies kind of acted they seemed a lot more self-aware and cracking jokes and stuff in the second one after the yeah. first one and it was kind of it was cool and i guess it made a tense moment at the dinner table but it just seemed a bit weird that um one of the functions he can do when he comes back as a zombie is still manage to like have sex somehow yeah and I was like, uh, okay. yeah did you feel like they're trying to make him a bit of a like a Freddy Krueger, so in terms of yeah. the jokiness of it. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like the zombies were helping some of the main characters as well. Some of the main characters you consider protagonists, they were sort of helping them, like saving them from bullies. Um, yeah, I actually quite like that moment. Um, yeah. It's an interesting... I mean, I don't know if it works in the context of the of the whole law. Can we just talk, talk about a bully for a second? This guy's a next-level douche. Getting a, kidnapping a kitten. Kitten, yeah, kitten napping. That's quite stressful for me. I, just, I was not happy with that. Yeah. And he's got just like this scarf on. And and an ear, just thought, like a cross in his ear. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand why Edward Douche. Furlong's getting bullied by him. Surely it would be the other way around. <laughs> yeah. But then also, it, I'm not sure if it works in a way, because then when um, you see him get murdered by a zombie... You're kind of rooting for the zombie because that child's such a little shit. Yeah, I don't yeah. know like how much of it it works in a sense of just to who is the real antagonist and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, so the film opens with um, uh, Edward Furlong's mother is. I mean, I couldn't remember a, a lot of this film, and it opens with like a gothic uh, Stuart Gordon esque sort of castle scene, <clears throat> and she's um, yeah. She's like running downstairs to there's some creep in a I don't know what's in this little cage. Um but and I was like, I don't remember this at all. But then it sounds like she's an actress. Um she's filming a scene. Um and then she tells the kid she loves her, um, that him even. Um and then she gets electrocuted to death, which is for her ages. Like it just doesn't stop. <laughs> like no one seems to react. It kind of yeah. starts happening, oh, and then dear. no one seems to react. You're right. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It was like Marv getting electrocuted in uh, in Home Alone too. His hair on, standing on end. See a skeleton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty tragic, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I'm a bit confused. So. Um, Edith Furlong's character and his dad move into a hotel or something, and they and they open a vet's. There. Yeah, is it a hotel? They go to oh, like it's, it's basically his mother's hometown. And they yeah, move into the hack, don't they? So, um, his his um Edward Furlong's dad is like a veterinarian. Um, that bloke from ER, the, his name's Chase. Um, yeah, and we're kind of introduced to all the major players here at this point as well, aren't we? So. Um, like the town sheriff, Gus yeah. Gilbert, um, his stepson, who gets terrorized oh, constantly yeah. by Gus. They're like, oh, it's, I mean, it's pretty Gus, bad. Gus it? feels like uh, a Stephen King character. Yeah. I kind of feel like yeah. he's a really good example of the kind of thing that Stephen King would put in one of his books. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good, good addition. Yeah, it felt very, I guess, like that kind of small, going back to a small town presumably in Maine, um, felt very Stephen King. Like the location, everything was authentic. I guess yeah. I guess they already had it set up in the first film and story as well. But when they kind of derailed it later on the plot, that's when it felt really strange. But I also thought when the sheriff meets, you know, in front of his stepson and the kid, he's like, he used to bang your mum. Yeah. It's like the first oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That is very strange, yeah. <laughs> we used to be sweethearts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. It's like, well, too much information, mate. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and when, I'll just keep calling it Edward Furlong, but his name's Jeff. When Jeff goes back to school as well, obviously like everyone's 
treating him as if because he's the son of a celebrity and obviously you know, there was a tragedy as well so he automatically gets um unwanted attention and obviously especially from the scarf earring 80s doctor who bully clyde <laughs> clyde parker oh yeah clyde i recognize parker. him yeah i recognize him he's definitely like tom hanks's best mate in big right anyone that, recognize him is that the actor's name clyde parker no, that's the character's name. And I thought, oh, is, that a, name. is that a Clive Barker? It's reference? got to be, surely. Clive Parker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> got to be, yeah. It must be. Um, but yeah, so he's obviously just like a little shitbag. And yeah, why does Jeff take a kitten to school as well? Is he just. That's such a bizarre thing to do. Yeah. For one thing, kittens. You not get away with that, could you? You wouldn't just sit in your jacket all day. Surely, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that you? It's me. It's so, me. Yeah, it's me. I ate some. Ate some so I think the bullies were like pretty savage. Like, they did not pull punches. You can tell it's like a really vented adult who wrote the script. But yeah. I, was, I don't know. If you take a kitten to school, it's a bit. Yeah, you are going to get something said, mate. You know. Yeah, uh, a little puffed dirt kitten boy. <laughs> kitten boy. Kitten boy. Boy pussy, yeah. not the cat. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Boy pussy, yeah. you answered. You answered. It was you, wasn't it? Yeah. If you're going to take anything, you'd have a uh, in your jacket. You want a like a pit bull terrier in your pocket. Yeah. Pull that out. That's <laughs> what Clyde Parker says about that. What? Why have they got cats again? Did they just like pick some kittens out of a litter? Didn't um I think his dad found one and it was pregnant or something. Yeah, that's then, right. Yeah, because his dad's a vet and that. Yeah, that's right. We also get introduced to um Zowie, who's uh um like a husky mix something like. Oh, that. that's a beautiful dog. Yeah, um, really, really blue eyes. It instantly looks like you could use that for evil purposes at some point in the film. Um, it's very sweet. The the guy who picks the dad, uh, he picks the dog up because it's got like bite marks on its nose or something, and he obviously isn't a vet. Like he's, this dog doesn't look comfortable to be sort of shoved around like that. Uh, but he, he checks it. The dog seems okay. Um, but he's got like rabbit. Uh, the the Gus is collect, Gus collects rabbits, I guess. Is that right? Yeah, he does. And this is randomly. Yeah, he does because this is something I want to mention as well. Because there's that scene where it starts. And it's just panning the rabbits, shagging, and then cuts to him watching, like glaring at them. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting choice. I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. you go, there are a lot of rabbits. At that point, yeah. Stephen King was there like, are, I only said my rabbit. name yeah. after this. I can't film. even say like the female gay, the male gays, because who knows what you know, they were yeah. thinking. But <laughs> yeah, I remember that being odd. Maybe just to show how weird his character is. But yeah, he had loads of rabbits for no reason that was said why. So I think they like bit the dog on the nose when he was trying to get to them yeah yeah that, that's why later he, he sort of sets up a electric fence type thing that need to protect them mm. from zowie just tearing their arseholes off but um yeah i mean he gets um try the dog tries to get in at night or something uh and then just shoots him such a horrific yeah. horrific move uh, he, and he kind of says to Drew, like, I've give, I've warned you enough. It's kind of like he's trying to get busy with Drew's mum. Yeah. And then the dog, the dog sort of starts barking. He's like, oh, I'm interrupted during my time for the last time. 
And he just goes out and shoots the dog to death. Yeah. Not even like a warning shot or anything like that. Just like, nah, I've killed it now. That's it. Do you think he was Can't actually kind of aiming a little bit off and accidentally yeah, shot the dog? And he went, yeah, ooh. Met- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. teaches you're right. Just- <laughs> I just don't understand the logic. Like, first it's a warning. Then you're grounded for a week. Yeah. Third time, I kill your dog. Next yeah. time, but how does it get to that? Next point? time, you take two steaks from the dinner table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be you. Um, <laughs> so uh, the dog's dead. So obviously now we've got our impetus to um, take something to the pet cemetery. The little kid—I can't remember what's the little kid's name. Uh, not Edward Furlong. Drew. Drew. Just no. Yes, yeah, Drew. So Drew's the, the the chubby kid, and then um, Jeff is the Terminator. <laughs> so Chubby and Terminator take Zowie to the pet cemetery. Um I mean it is it, it looks like exactly like is it is I think it's the same location. It, it looks, looks exactly the same, yeah. 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 Um they even go past the uh the Creed household at one point. Um and then they take the dog, bury it, and it comes back the next day, as we expect. But it's kind of it's like bleeding like a ridiculous amount of this hole in its back. Um, and they take it to the vet, and the vet's like, yes, yeah, not looking great. <laughs> Is this a gunshot wound? <laughs> it, should, it should definitely be dead, but it's not. <laughs> this dog is pretty damn terrifying in its undead state. But there yeah. are loads of times where people are just coexisting with it in the same room, like trying to have a sleep, or the dog sat on a chair. Oozing. Like, <laughs> oozing, glaring, yeah. growling, and... Shush. They it's put, not they, like they, they put some sort terrified. of effects. <laughs> yeah, they put some effects on its face as well, some prosthetics to kind of like wrinkle it up, make it like demonize it a bit more. Um, it's terrifying. Yeah, Zowie is terrifying. Um, yeah, I mean they take they take the dog to uh, Terminator Terminator's vet's dad's place to, to spend the night or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. But we, what... Yes. I think Drew says, can you keep Zowie at your place until he heals? Because obviously he wants to keep Zowie away from Gus because obviously he's unhinged and could wring his neck at any point just for anything. Drew, you haven't tidied your room. That's it. Your dog's head's coming off. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like that, did you? Hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of happening. There's an undead dog uh, milling about and it's kind of terrorizing Chase as well, like the dad. Yeah. Like he, he's seeing it in his dreams. Obviously, we'll get to a certain dream in a moment. Um, kills some kittens, uh, doesn't he? Yeah, he just kills some kittens as well. Just turns them into mush. Um, but yeah, can't find a heartbeat as well on Zowie. And Chase also sends a sample of Zowie's blood to a lab, and we get the classic. I say classic, but you know, it was kind of to be expected. Hey, is this some kind of joke? You sent me some dead blood. What are you talking about? What? what? Yeah. No, 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 I didn't do that. Hey, it's just that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's all adding up for the audience. If you haven't seen Pet Cemetery, it's all adding up for the audience, but it's not adding up for our main characters. Yeah. I wonder who was watching this film and was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Cinematic Universe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, there's like a Halloween party or something, right? So all the kids, including the bullies, uh, bullies, Terminator and Drew, 
go to go to the pet cemetery and have like a spooky stories uh, moment. And that kid, uh, the bully, is like telling a story. I mean, it's the most ludicrous kind of. Um, I can't remember what it says now. It's just like, and then they they don't know what happens. He's talking about uh, the Creed family. He's talking about the mother. And like how she lived, I think. Yeah. Oh, they took her to a psycho psychiatric ward. Uh, and then she's got out there, apparently last night, so she might be here. There are quite a few callbacks to the original. Do you feel like they were kind of, did you feel they kind of felt natural? Do you think they kind of felt shoved in? Because there's a lot of characters where they go, hey, the same thing happened to the Creeds down here. I mean, or, you know, obviously, just to yeah, stories about the Creeds. And- yeah, yeah. Do you feel that they feel good there? Do you feel that they feel natural? Do you feel that they feel a bit forced? Uh, yeah, they're mostly fine. I mean, maybe the thing with the dead blood is a step too far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously they terrorize Jeff as well, don't they? They've made like a a version of his mum all dead, like, like a, a yeah. what was, was it sex doll or something? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Which is it's horrible weird. and impressive. <laughs> like they, they go, they go full on for their bullying. Yeah. I love to see, like when they were, when they were thinking, when they were networking that idea, yeah. right? Tonight, I know we've got the Halloween party tonight, right? And I know everyone's busy getting their you know, costume really ready. Really got... soul up. <laughs> yeah, is he even coming? <laughs> well, uh, I think so. But we've got to do this. Then the montage of them all working on it. Yeah. What are you doing in there? Nothing. Stolen <laughs> one of your mum's dresses again. Um. Uh, at the party is when Gus arrives, Billy, yeah, party pooper, and he um, uh, he punches what's his name, Drew punches him in the face Drew, or something. Yeah, gives gives him a sweet jab straight in the schnoz, right? Uh, yeah. So he basically breaks up the party, attacks Drew, and then is he going to hit him with something else? I think he's going to like gonna hit him with like a brass or, or something. something. <laughs> yeah. It looks yeah. like it. Um, he does it. He, he takes it too far, doesn't he? He's like, there's no, no stopping point. There's, he doesn't know when to stop. He's like, right, well, been badly behaved of you. Well, I'm gonna murder you. See you like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, Zowie jumps in to save the day. I think it's kind of happened a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, are they saving the day, or do they just want more undead? It's weird though because the undead in the first film seem to just attack everybody essentially. Yeah. They yeah. don't they don't try to like fit in with normal life at any stage. But for some reason in this film they kind of go about their business like the dog, even though it's obviously undead, the dog kind of like is alright for a while. Even the chilling cat out. church in the first one is although he kind of acts like a cat, he's he's like a, a mentally deformed like a yeah, there's, there's something not right. I mean, I know the dog is like that as well, but the cat keeps attacking everyone. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Yeah. That's why I didn't get mostly a nuisance. Yeah. Uh, uh, what happens after that? So then they obviously, <laughs> so they take Gus to the cemetery as well. I think just leave it in it. Just leave him. Also, I, yeah. I doubt that they could carry his body <laughs> up the uh, up to the pet cemetery. There's uh, a bit yeah, in the first one where Lewis Craig, Craig Creed even, climbs up to the top of the thing and then kind of pratfalls all the way back down. Do you remember that? <laughs> he takes <laughs> yeah, yeah. a roll all the way back down. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, 
but they manage it. And I think he just cuts to a day or two later. Uh, and then Gus just comes home. He just comes home, yeah, just like... Doesn't doesn't um, Drew's mum like say she was worried about him or something? You've been out all night or something? Or does he come back that night? I can't remember. Yeah, that's kind of too honest, don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. So he's like... Yeah. yeah. So what's weird is obviously he's undead, but he kind of treats Drew with a bit more respect. Now he's not yeah. sort of out and out just horrible to him and threatening to kill him and kill his pets. Um, but yeah, he's a bit he's a bit stiff and a bit odd, I guess. Um, but his <laughs> his his sadistic nature kind of comes out over time rather than immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it turns into a bit of like a weekend at Bernie's thing, like wrapping the scarf around <laughs> his great yeah. gaping neck and stuff like that. Like yeah. That's when it all just changed a lot in the tone for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's suitably like ridiculous, but yeah. I kind of feel like it where it knows it is. It's not like trying to be a different kind of movie. It is being a completely ridiculous version of this story. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it being a that kind of more ludicrous. Uh, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of works to some extent, but it's just it seems to just trip up a few too many times, especially in the sort of the latter half of the film, and especially the end. Like it just gets it gets ludicrous to the point where I just can't, I just can't yeah. take it seriously. Um, I mean, what what point does Thingy dream of having sex with a with the wolf <laughs> with a wolf wife? I think around about this time. Like going alongside Gus coming back from the dead is um, Chase is going through his own bit of bother, which is the dog basically terrorizing him at home, uh, like attacking him and doing various other things. Kills the cats, I think, around about now in his in his veterinary. And obviously uh, a mother and two her two daughters see all the cat mush. Yeah. And scream as you would. Yeah. Well, how are you going to yeah. fix them? Vets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the mush down a pet cemetery, mush it all back together. <laughs> it's a nice cat shape, and then it's yeah. good as new. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So he's he is just having a dream, isn't he, of having sex with his wife, uh, Jeff, with a... his wife who's dead, his wife who's dead, with a wolf face, uh, and then it turned out the wolf. Uh, Imagine the showing your mum that acting job after it's done. <laughs> Yeah. I always told you I'd break into films, Mum. Look at how it Yeah. Is that a real is that a real dog? Is that a real wolf lady? You're, you're... Yeah, I made sure it wasn't. <laughs> it was in my contract. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um so but then it turned out to be the dog. It's Zowie, he's like which I mean I guess leads to even more questions. <laughs> but, <laughs> but probably uh, aw- probably awkward between those two the next day though, you've uh, seen it. Just you could have cut the tension in that house with a knife. <laughs> Couldn't say, say a word to each other. Um, but this, he gets bit. Um, Zowie bites him on the arm or something. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, I think they have like a they have dinner like with Gus, like Jeff and Drew have dinner with Gus, and this he's like grabbing rabbits and like ripping their skins off. Yeah, who wants rabbit tonight? It looks kind of real that bit. I've got to say. Yeah, yeah. And isn't there also like a scene around that time where? There's just um, Clancy's character kind of sounds seems very unconsensually has sex with the mum. 
Yeah, there's yeah. definite sexual undead sexual assault. Happening. Yeah, and but then just like the next day, she's kind of happily making that rabbit dinner. Just I don't know, it's just never discussed again. It's weird. Yeah. And he's like, like vomit, like doing that seafood. Do you like seafood joke? Uh, but and the, the mum's like, oh, gus, you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, doing all the mashed potatoes in his mouth and burping and stuff. And it's just like, oh, okay, yeah. I guess we're just ignoring that. But yeah, it's uh, that's kind of. I know. I think with the actor, the comedy works there, but it just feels a bit strange, especially knowing the ending that comes after. Yeah. Um, so th- this film uh, got got didn't do very well um, critically, um, but his performance, Clancy Brown's performance, was nominated for like a he got like a, a chainsaw, Fangoria Chainsaw Award for supporting actor, and he got he got some nice, oh, nice, some nice feedback on it. And I think it's I think he's he's the best best point of the film. I think. Yeah, the, 100%. Um, most interesting part of it anyway. Definitely. Um, definitely. I agree with that. I think it's around now that Jess cycling home and he gets attacked by uh, the the bully. He sort of, he's on a motorbike, <clears throat> drives him off the road. And then he's going to, he has his bike turned upside down. And I think I've probably all did this as kids. I think you kind of spin spin the wheels and then you stick sticks in there and it kind of like snaps them off or something. Do you do you ever just put your fingers in the spokes? I think feel like that's something <laughs> that we did. Maybe we did. Yeah, yeah, How many okay. fingers do you have now, Luke? <laughs> Enough. Um, and then um, he's going to he said he's going to stick fingers snoz in there. He's like, you don't want to be snozless. Um, no. He's like, no, I don't. Um, why? We... Why does this guy terrorize Jeff so much? Because. I don't get it. And maybe that's the point, you know, that's the point. Why do kids terrorize other kids anyway? Yeah, but kids cruel. he proper seems all over him all the time, doesn't he? He's like, oh, come here, Dad. Come here. Yeah, I mean. Kids are bastards. Kids. <laughs> if you learn anything from the first one, kids are bastards. Kids are bastards, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get another moment of like a heroic uh, zombie. With mm. Gus showing up, um, and I kind of feel like this is brutal. <laughs> like he do, he gets the kid's motorbike and does the exact same thing. He kind of shoves the kid's face into the into the back wheel. His scarf yeah. gets tangled up in the spokes. That yeah. bloody scarf! That's and yeah, that scarf would be the undoing of him. Yeah. yeah. As soon as yeah. I saw him wearing it, I was like, that scarf is going to be key. I don't know about you guys. It reminded me. Did you do like wood tech at school? Yeah. It reminds. I know. I remember my teacher saying, like, you know, emphasizing that you had to have your ties tucked in, and the girls had to have their hair tied back. Yeah. They told like a story that pretty much like that. And I do wonder because we got a similar, we got a few stories, and I do wonder if if that's part of the curriculum, like the teacher cemetery too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. We had. We had. I remember our teacher in woodwork was a bit of a bastard. I kind of feel. I think he was on his way out. He was like the last of that. That because he used to have like a long, a long wooden stick, and as we all kind of gathered around to look at his, what he was teaching us, he'd do that with the stick, sort of like to make sure we're all far enough away from him. And he said, "Back in the day, I used to just be able to do that, and if anyone got hit, then they were too close." <laughs> Good old days. That was his excuse every time. Why have you hit this kid? He was too close. I was swinging, and uh... <laughs> he was in the swing zone. Um, so anyway, Gus, Gus. Um, Rips his kid's face off, and I think this is where Gus has gone over the edge. This is where he 
I, I, we get like the detective, the James Bond esque music for a bit here. Boom, 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 boom. It's like hash pipe, sort of uh, that kind of riff going on. And yeah. he chases, <laughs> yeah. chases them in the car um, towards a potato yeah. truck. <laughs> this seems yeah. a bit like. And I don't know. I didn't expect these characters to go out this way. I didn't think it was their time. Uh, but yeah, he basically like chases um, Drew and his mother down in their car and pushes them into a what kind of truck is it? Potato Potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. They didn't deserve it, and I don't know. It just it seems inconsistent again because he was like nice to them before. Well, not the mum, but the kid, and being a kind of better dad than before. And then suddenly it's just, I don't know, would anyone have given a shit if the bully died? Probably not, because he was a dick. But yeah, I've got yeah. to say, this film doesn't mind killing off kids, which is something most films try and avoid, weirdly. Yeah. So, yeah, this one just goes wholeheartedly. Like, it's a small town. The class size by the end of the movie is probably cut down by half. Yeah. <laughs> um, then Gus takes... Clyde's body, didn't he, to the to the pet cemetery? I think it would kind of make uh, sense if he if he took their kick. bodies as yeah. If he took their bodies as well, um, yeah, the, the, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he just takes Clyde's. Yeah, because he's probably like I don't oh, feeling pretty. I like this newfound freedom I've got of not having a family now, but I do need a little sidekick to do my bidding. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, our main character, who's kind of been out of it for a lot of the, or a lot, it feels like a lot of the film, um, he is completely changed now. Maybe because yeah. he saw Gus save him, he's now like, uh, Gus is on to something. I actually quite like Gus. I'm going to uh, reanimate my mother with Gus's help. He's kind of like building, um, he's, got, he's in the attic and he's got, he's building like a, a makeup thing and he's playing with dolls and he's How? Uh, <laughs> making dresses. I've noticed we've completely we've we've completely forgot about a uh, character as well. There's like a like a housekeeper slash nanny character. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god, yeah. She's only in it in the very first scene. One scene yeah. towards the middle and then at the end, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. so at the end she's like putting on the dress of Jeff's mum, obviously, and trying to sort of emulate the movie star thing. Sorry, yeah. Because I remember, no, it's just I remember thinking, like, oh, um, at first, you know, is she going to try and replace the mum or something like that? But then, yeah. and then halfway through the movie, in that like second scene she's in, I'm like, oh, they haven't utilized her much at all. That's yeah. strange, but I'm sure they'll get it together at the end. And then it's just like, oh, they don't. Okay, cool. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jeff is, it's on a U turn. He's, he's become very creepy very quickly. Um, I don't know where he gets the mum's buddy from. That's kind of brushed. Uh, Gus, Gus, dig, Gus, Gus, yeah, uh. Gus digs it up and then somebody at the cemetery contacts Chase and says, we just saw Gus digging up your wife's body. And he's like, uh, I'll be right okay. down there to sort it out. Uh, the mother doesn't seem to have um, decomposed at all. No. She's been perfectly... Yeah. <laughs> she's. There's she a... looks pretty much the same as she did when she's alive. There's also a scene which I um, blanked... When it was on, I didn't really know what's going on. There was a taxidermist. I think he was talking about oh, yeah. Church, the cat from the last one. But I think he was only there to sort of add some yeah. scenes to Chase. Um, yeah, he thought he was a bit of a crazy guy. I think he, he threw a, like a 
taxidermied squirrel at the door or something. Oh, yeah. I think it's just there, he's like, just... yes, the blood was dead, but the animal wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Just, he's just a bastard for no reason, he seems. He seems to be giving Chase a hard time. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine just uh, seeing somebody that unhelpful, just... Yeah, the blood's dead, the animal's not. Can you expand on that? No. Okay. <laughs> well. oh, sorry, I said you have to work everything out <laughs> yeah. outside yourself. Uh, so not long after he finds out that that um, Gus exhumed the mum's body, Chase goes to Gus's house to kind of uh, go, what have you done this then? Uh, and they have a bit of a showdown. And obviously in the Gilbert house, like, isn't... isn't Gus like cooking something up or something. It's just basically the house just looks like some of that Texas Chainsaw Massacre now. Yeah. What's he cooking? Yeah. What, what? I can't remember. What's he doing? I think it's something quite raw or zombie-ish. Yeah, he's just having a, <laughs> a load of meat and blood and guts yeah. everywhere. He's got a he's got a pot noodle on the go as well. It reminded me of like a Resident <laughs> Evil Seven just going through that house suddenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, I think we kind of it was. Coming towards the the culmination uh, uh, of events here, now getting towards the end of the film, um, we've got the the woman the housekeeper who who wants to be the mum, dressing up as the mum, uh, and then she gets attacked by the reanimated mother character. She gets like stabbed in the eyeball or something. By... And is there some nudity in there for no reason? Am I misremembering or wishful thinking or something? I seem there to be remembering <laughs> at some point in this film. <laughs> at some point, someone's a dude. And it's it's Chase. It's the, the girlfriends are in the room. Pretend you don't naked. remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chase just walks in naked and just goes, "All right, then. This yeah. is me. <laughs> Judge me on this." This right. came back to life. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty stiff. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, it's all kicking off now. Chase is. Uh, I think he shoot. I remember actually how he kills the dog. Zowie has a he has a scrap with Zowie, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he kills Zowie and Gus like around about the same time. Oh, he blows Gus's head off, brains out or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's trying to shoot him, isn't he? And he's like, and he got one in the chamber. Yeah, and yeah, then, that's right. And then Gus kind of goes ha 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 ha. But then oh no, God, here we go, bang, got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, then. The mum's back and they're all happy family, I think. Right? But oh, yeah. something happens. Well, it seems like that's Jeff's intention that he wants them to be a happy family. Now he's like, he's in a, he's in his little suit, Jeff, for some yeah. reason. He looks like a little ventriloquist dummy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he wants uh, basically wants everyone to be happy and happy family. He's like hugging his mum, but then Chase is having none of it. He's like, no, no, this ain't the way it's going down. There's a fire as well, isn't there? Yeah, she starts the fire, and then she starts melting instantly. She's like, I'm pretty sure they've done that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize her own fault, Mum. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not scooping you up and taking you back there. I don't know why she, I don't know why she melts. What is that? Maybe that's why she looks so fresh. She, she's been, I don't know, turned into plastic or something. Um, yeah. Also, the uh, client, the the kid comes back as well, and his face is all messed up he's got an axe kind of cool looking little villain character has he still got the scarf on or is it gone don't remember i don't remember i mean me neither yeah <clears throat> that's it 
But uh, yeah, uh, it ends with what's her name? She's really hamming it up. The mum, the mother character. Yeah. Like I think her acting was better when she was trying to be a cheesy movie actress <laughs> at the start of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I think you're right. So, and then uh, the, the, uh, the heroes get out. Everything's okay. Everything goes back to normal. No one brings it up again. <laughs> there's, no, there's no Pet Cemetery 3, I don't think, is there? No, I, I think, think so. so. Uh, yeah. There was a bit of a weird thing at the end, I noticed, when Renee was, like, melting. Mm-hmm. She kept shouting, dead is better, dead is better, dead is better. But I thought the whole sort of tagline to this, dead is better, was supposed to mean that they're not dead because... Judd in the first film says sometimes dead is better, better yeah. than the oh, undead. Yeah, yeah, okay. But that's then she's chanting dead yeah. is better, but that doesn't make sense in the context of how that's used in the they've first rec- film. They've reclaimed that phrase uh, for their yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, I don't felt know. Like they, yeah, they've reclaimed <laughs> reclaimed that, but we've heard it said in derogatory terms towards <laughs> us. We've reclaimed it. We're using it. There we go. Okay, that clears that up. That yeah. makes sense. I was just confused. I was a bit like, what? Or, or she had like Why a deathbed realization, like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you guys are right. I sh- I'm glad I'm melting. Yep. If anything, <laughs> that is better. It is, it is better. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty quick sharp that Jeff goes from wanting to make happy families to suddenly being like, oh, actually, maybe that's a bad idea. Teenager, there we up go. and down those guys. Um, but we need to rate the film. Uh, what are you guys going to go for? Do you want to go first, Ben? Okay, I'll go first. Um, despite the fact that it is obviously ridiculous in places, I, I still like kind of enjoyed it in a weird sort of way. Like it still, it still did thoroughly entertain me. Um, and it felt like something, as I said, I've never seen this before. And the fact that I've seen the original numerous times, it felt like an interesting spin on that idea, even though it was, it feels a bit B movie in places and yeah, very hammy, but yeah. I still kind of enjoyed it, but I wouldn't go any higher than a C just because I think that's all it deserves. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you, Jay? Yeah, I'd probably uh, join you there. I want to see. I think um, it probably, if it was maybe not done as well, might even in a way get a bit higher, but because it really frustrates me when things are really close to being good rather than just yeah. being bad. Mm. But yeah, no, I think it had a lot going for it. It was carried, you know, by some of the acting and some of the weird humour. But yeah, I think a, a C is fair. It's not a. It doesn't deserve. The first one's rated too low, and so is this one as well. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's got. I mean, this film scared me as a kid. This time, it didn't scare me so much, but I still enjoyed it. It's the kind of a freaky, a freaky, weird sort of combination of of tones and stuff. And it's yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I want to say it's great. I got a C minus. It's a fun. It's fun I think enough. that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair enough. We'll buy yeah. the soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, soundtrack. Um, so I've got some not trivia, but I've got a little game I like to call the name game, which is where I describe a film uh, that will have a, a name very similar to Pet Cemetery. So it'll rhyme with Pet Cemetery. Um, It'll become very obvious very quickly, Jay. Okay. Um, so, all right, you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, number one, there's a graveyard out behind the house and Lewis Creed is up to his neck in unpaid loans. Eventually, he discovers that if he buries his unpaid loans out in the graveyard, 
he can consolidate it into one easily paid monthly payment. What's the film called? Debt Cemetery? <laughs> Debt Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, just, it's as clever as that. Uh, number two. Uh, the Creed family move into a house and find out that they are never ever <laughs> able to leave long French bread on the windowsill because there's a man out back who gobbles them up when they're not looking. Pratt Cemetery? <laughs> oh, close. That would have been better, but it's not that. <laughs> Is it Baguette Cemetery? Baguette Cemetery. Number three. <laughs> Pratt Cemetery, I feel like works. <laughs> I know. You know yeah. Just as well. Uh, Creed family, new house, but little Ellie won't stop banging on her new woodwind instrument, and she's really crap. Uh, the daily uh, planes are driving Lewis crazy, who decides to take the instrument and bury it out in... Uh, I can't think of any woodwind instrument that rhymes with pet. Yeah, recorder cemetery, probably. <laughs> recorder cemetery. Uh, clarinet. Clarinet cemetery. cemetery. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Number yes, four. That's right. Creed family. New house. Graveyard outback full of razors. And Lewis has very hairy knees. One night, desperation takes him and he goes out and digs out one of the razors from... Gillette Cemetery. Gillette <laughs> Number five. Creed's new house. I've played this too many times. <laughs> and uh, they love the salads, but one day they realize the salads are really boring, actually. So against the neighbor's wishes, they go out and dig up a tiny little bottle to add some flavor to their salads. Vinaigrette Cemetery. Mate, you are killing it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I think I've just been on the receiving end of this so many times. I'm just attuned to the way Luke thinks. I think, no. you, I think you've been practicing every day. You do I've like got a like, little workout. I've got one of those things I've got one rhyme stuck in my head and I can't get rid of it. Like, is the answer Courgette Cemetery? <laughs> Courgette Cemetery. It's the next one. Been in there. Yeah, that would have been number six. Um... <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, you both got five out of five. Well done. Um, <laughs> once again, uh, go follow uh, Jay on Twitter. Jay, what's your Twitter handle? Um, all my Twitter handles are quite embarrassing on purpose. This one's at Jay the Cool. Jay the Cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess, uh, oxymoron. <laughs> I, I think it suits you. I'm at Luke Vakondo with K. Uh, ben is... At Ben Errington. At Ben underscore Errington, pretty much, and everything. Luke, haven't you got? Haven't you just released a book as well about uh, podcasts? Yeah, one to five million podcasts. Uh, well, what's it called? One to five million lessons learned from podcasting in my pants when nobody was looking. It's a new book I've got out. It's available on Amazon, and it's um, about podcasting. Go check it out. But also go check out Jay's book, Sequel Land. Um, yes, buy, indeed. Buy, buy them both in one amazing shop. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Um, so, if you enjoyed today's episode, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing. And remember to join the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, oh, just said that bit. Uh, thanks to my co Ben for being a right horror dude. And thanks uh, once again to Jay. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Luke.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.